Hurricane, the song came up. You know, I was just humming that to myself. And you say another bullshit story, Hurricane, about the the, the boxer who was uh, supposedly, uh, you know, not guilty of something, but it seems that he's the one the authorities came to blame. I believe. Yeah, so did a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And and he uh, was most likely guilty of that. Well, it depends on who you listen to. Um, there was Bob Dylan, and you who, else, who Dylan, else did a song about it? Who wrote a song about it, and then you have everybody else. I'm going to write a counter song to it. Like, Hurricane did it. <laughs> who came in and killed everybody in the bar. Yeah. Oh, wow. He killed multiple people. Uh, I think it was a, a few. I don't think it was just one. I think it was uh, a pretty horrific uh, crime scene. Love it. Love it. I, mean, I, I would have to go back and research it a little bit, but I there could have been some shenanigans involved with the prosecutor. I don't know. Uh, from what I do understand, it wasn't his first rodeo with doing stick-ups either. So, yeah. um, Which doesn't mean he did it. It just means mm, it would fit the profile a little bit. Uh, yeah, he did. An Oregon native is the one who very well may be the remains, the human remains, which were found in Westchester County Reservoir. Uh, a Westchester County Reservoir. I should start over. I'm not going to. It was a White Plains mom, and she was uh, linked to uh, to this whole uh, night. You know, this 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 vehicle. Now, 1989 is when she disappeared. Uh, the grizzly find. Uh, this is at the Muscoot Reservoir. <laughs> It's in Summers Creek or something like that. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I didn't know it was the yeah. Muscoot Reservoir. Yeah, it's actually in your New York City drinking water yeah, supply. Yeah, I've been enjoying that body uh, since I've been here, I guess. Uh, yes, uh, you have. 1989, and I, they said, no, look, we test the water hundreds of times a minute, and it's fine. But I, I mean, like, if there's a dead body in it, it ain't completely fine. I mean, like, it, I know that it might be slowly dispersed. But I would say that body was probably pretty much as decomposed as it was going to be well before 2006. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If, if this is indeed a 1989 disappearance, how long do you think it takes a body to decompose in the water? Well, that depends. It depends on conditions. It depends on the temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a warm-blooded mammal. Yes. And, well, we know what the humidity level was, but the um, uh, it would go pretty quick. You know, it would linger there for at least a year or two until it got down to skeletal remains. Depending on how many snapping turtles, I guess, are there and uh, what well, sort of fish and wildlife are in the uh, Muscoot Reservoir. Well, I'm going to go with the fact that the windows, I believe, were closed on the car. Well, that's nice. That helps. So it might have been a while. I'm sure the windows probably broke at some point over the years. And get some of them fish swimming up through the tailpipe. Certainly. Man, Certainly. Hey, they get hungry. Uh, the uh, Muscoot Reservoir, and so now, uh, if you do drive into the water, and I always say this, and I think I've said this a couple of episodes ago, very important to have your uh, not not your automatic, but your manual windows, uh, or you know, if you if they're not manual, they're automatic, and your windows aren't cracked, you will have very much difficulty getting out of the car. So what you do is, there's an air pocket at the top, you wait it out, and as the car slowly fills up. You just, you know, breathe that last oxygen and try to get the door open when the pressure is more or less equalized. Yeah, I believe a lot of cars now come with a little tool in the glove compartment. I know they were issued to all the police department vehicles that you can use this tool to cut your seatbelt and break the window with it. Well, 
if you're telling me about what comes in a car since 2004, I'm not going to know anything about it. So uh, I, I'm embarrassed that I have not bought a new car in many years, and I, I'm always surprised by the technology. Apparently, they have BMWs now. If you get a, like like uh, my friend said, he wanted to borrow a jack from somebody. He was like, "There's no jack with a BMW. Their tires, if they get, they just drive flat. There's no such thing as a flat tire with these vehicles." Yep. Now that's pretty fucking cool. That would, if all cars were that way, I guess uh, tire well, manufacturers would have to have to like build a different type of tire. Well, think about all the bruised knuckles and foul language, you know, trying to, ja- especially the scissor jacks, the jacks of the last couple of decades. With the, the, yeah, you mean that there's the that the servants of the uh, BMW drivers would be using? Yes, if they got a flat tire. <laughs> yes, I I have a Grand Cherokee, and you, if you want to hear some bad language. Mm-hmm. Check me out using a scissor jack under a Grand Cherokee. I bet. It's a heavy vehicle. It's a heavy vehicle, and you got to sit there and wind this thing. And Yeah. I'm old no... school. I like the days back when we had the, the old jacks that used to... If you get a flat tire, you just shoot the car and walk off. Well, you could do that, but yeah, um, like a, it's the old jacks we used to have in the trunk where you just hook it under the bumper, and you crank that baby up. And the jacks don't do that no more. No. Now you suffer a massive coronary trying to wind this thing and lift your car with it they they suck i, I wonder like if that. i've used i mean the last I was flat tires i had were you know a long time ago and, and scissors jack what, 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 uh... scissor jack is just this thing that you crank it's mm-hmm. flat mm-hmm. you crank it and it, it just starts going up but so, you're going to crank this thing you're going to crank this handle 150 times before, before you're doing anything at before all before you're doing anything yeah it's not even touching where it's supposed to touch oh, okay i i know i get your idea i had one time three four flat tires in the space of like a month and a week four fucking flat different ones yeah i could believe it you see, yeah you you can believe that i would put off buying new tires that's <laughs> <laughs> true those human remains though uh, it was as they say a grisly find at the muskoot reservoir and they it's likely tied to 40 year old brenda kerber who was a devotee of american buddhist guru frederick p lens the third which uh does not in any way sound like a buddhist guru frederick p lens Frederick P. Lenz III, the new details surfaced over uh, after, excuse me, police fished a car out of the uh, Summers, Somers Reservoir in, uh, on Tuesday. A vehicle matching Kerber's 1982 Ford Granada station wagon, as it turns out. I a suppose, fine looking car. Isn't that a fine car? It's a good vehicle. I like that machine. Not boy. as cool as a Cordoba. <laughs> it's no, it's no uh, K car, you know, by no. Chrysler. We could do a whole episode just on just K name, cars, naming then. ugly cars. Oh, K well, cars. We had K cars in the police department. Did you really? Yeah, it was going to be the police car of the future. Oh, they wow! Two hundred and twenty of them. Within about seven months, they were gone. That sounds very much like it, there was a movie. One of the first movies I saw in a movie theater was called Humps or Humps, and it was about they, they got camels in the cavalry, and it, they were really out of place. I imagine that these K cars were just not suitable for police use, especially back in. The guys that were on the job back in the early 80s. A lot of these guys that come on the job in the 60s, the 70s, you still had height requirements. Yeah. We had some big boys. And no height requirement at all in the NYPD after a certain date. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Well, that seems foolish. That's why, I mean, I, I'm not foolish, but it just it seems as if it was probably, I guess it was because they were bringing women in or something like that. Well, that was one of the reasons. They got yeah. rid of the genital requirement. That was a mistake. Well... <laughs> Well, they... Um, it's a woman. She needs to have balls. Well, they, they, it was women. It was short people. 
didn't see in uh, women and short people. <laughs> well, to go, to join a tactical sure. patrol force, um, I, I mean, they actually kind of like lowered the requirements when I was thinking of doing it. And uh, it used to be you had to be six foot tall to get into the TPF back at the time. And um, they since changed it. I, being five foot 11, would have just made the cut. But they no longer exist either. They went the way of the dinosaur. Tactical Patrol Force. TPF. The, the, the TPF are the ones who would come in and just clean up if there was some shit going on. They, they are the ones that we needed during the BLM and uh, Antifa stuff. The, yeah, that would, have been, that would have been a... The TPF would come in and go, guess what? And they would beat the balls off of everybody. We're not here to talk. No. <laughs> No, yeah, they were not the gentler, kindler police department. They were not woke. I only know about them from from speaking to uh, other other cops, uh, former cops that uh, you know clued me in about them. Might have been Ralph oh. Friedman. I, I find that fascinating that they just got you got rid of that. I mean, don't you hate to see it go? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. You didn't. Um, you see, you're only five eleven. I would. I didn't know that you were five eleven. I'm I'm six feet. I don't feel an inch taller than you. But well, I mean, I may be lying about my height. I don't know. I used to lie. I used to tell people I was five foot twelve, almost yeah. six uh, foot. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm fifty nine. I would have been sixty, but I was sick for a year. Um, Two thousand twenty came along, and I decided well, not it. to age. Although I bet twenty twenty aged a lot of people more than you know. I, I think I got more gray hair this past year yeah, than I ever without had. Without a doubt. Well, you can't confine with these fucking people. But, but the TPF yeah. would come in. It depends. You know, you had regular precinct guys that, that they would go into tough neighborhoods and um, they would lock everybody up. And a lot of the precinct guys used to bitch because they would come in and just like destroy the place and leave. Um, but, but, but we're not here to pick up after ourselves. We are a tactical unit, not a bunch of janitors. Yeah. Uh, they were tough. And they started around 1960. Probably one of their greatest performances was at the up in Columbia University when they took over the college campus. Mm -hmm. And the police department used to have big, big, like, school buses painted green and it said police department on the side of it yes. with wire mesh over the windows. And, like, these hippies and radicals and protesters see these buses coming. Mm. And that was really the time to think how devoted you were to the cause. Yes. Because what was coming after that, you just really didn't want to be there. Because, like you said, they were not there to talk. And what they would do is they would pull up and the bus would stop. And you would hear a thump from inside the bus. And then you'd hear another thump. And then another thump. And then they let out the meanest officer who ever lived. Well, no. Actually, you had like 60 or 70 guys banging their batons, their nightsticks, on the floor in unison. They would start slow. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom, and it would just keep going. Wow. And a uh, little psychological warfare. Yeah, just uh, look, know, it's a warning. You know, as John Wayne once said, you don't worry about the drums while they're beating. You worry when they stop. And, uh, <laughs> and when the, did John Wayne say that? John one, Wayne, one oh, probably a T, probably, or, or a TPF guy, one or the other. I'm yeah. not sure. And um, Wow. And the TPF guys then would storm the place and... You were getting arrested, your head cracked. It, you well, what, now, now you're saying that it like uh, would escalate. Would it end up being just like a dun 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 dun? Oh dun, yeah, dun, yeah. They yeah. would just sit there to do that to fuck with the hippies. And, that was, uh, and they didn't do that till they had stopped. Well, no. Uh, once car, after they, yeah, no, the, they the would sit there. Stopped. They would sit there in the buses and just while well, it's stationary, stationary, and stop yeah, banging okay. their nightsticks. Wow. And, uh, okay, that's awesome. 
Yeah, it is. It wouldn't go over today. Um, it's it, which is people completely miss the point of law enforcement. It is not to go out and and give and warmly embrace criminals and give them an easy day and say, "Listen, we're we're treating you fair because no." It, and you got to look who was taking over Columbia University at the time. Well, yeah, you communist had the, radicals and you had uh, the SDS in there, Students for a Democratic Society. Probably had the Weather Underground. Oh, well, that's exactly what they morphed into. Mm. Uh, the Weather Underground. The BLA, the Black Liberation Army. Mm -hmm. Well, the Panthers uh, split over violence at some point. Too, yes, they did. Different factions. And uh, one favored it, and the other one was di didn't understand what the Black Panthers are actually for, which is, you know, the, the radical communist uh, pursuits. They got their, you know, the Soviet Union uh, furnished their costumes for them. Well, they, they costumes, did. Costumes, hats, and shit. And, but you know what? They did go out and at least make a pretense at, you know, social justice with social justice. setting up food pantries, um, different kind of programs and stuff. And well, because some, uh, many of them were sincere. Yeah, they were communists, but they were sincere. Well, some of them might not have even known that, though. No. They thought it was just about racial justice. Like, today's protesters are you know completely what? unaware of what they're doing out there. I, honestly, I don't have a problem with that. You want to go if, out and... If you're fooled, you're you fooled. You do what you want to do. As long as you're not out committing violence and, you know, and then you get a splinter group, like the BLA... But the whole point of them is violence, I feel. You know, whenever you have people that are like... Oh, those kinds of protesters, you know, that are uh, that's that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Um, they're they're out there to do. They're they're intimidating people, and you know, I mean, they're not there like just out there to sing their fucking chants and you know, no Trump, no KKK, no fascist USA, and all that. It, and I, it, I really don't give a shit if they do. I, but no, I know, but if they're under the impression that they're in a fascist USA and that the KKK is involved with the president, yeah, they're gonna get violent. Wow. I mean, that's where we differ. And, I mean, if Trump was truly a dictator, well... Things would be different there, too. Well, we, there wouldn't have been an election in November because dictators, number one, don't have elections. And when they do have them, they don't lose them. Yeah, and they um, don't lose them uh, to cheaters, especially. And not only that, but they don't even take the kind of shit that Trump has been taking for four fucking years. They call him a dictator, fascist, hard, bad for our democracy, shutting down the press. He's trying to... Look, when did the press ever restrain themselves in the slightest bit out of fear over the no. or, or anybody you could tweet anything about the president anything no, you, you you look at true dictatorships it's not the way it works it's not the way it works but uh um, you think people would be familiar now we started talking this by talking about k cars uh, the k car was not suitable to the tpf uh or or the other officers i, I would be remiss in saying this to our police audience especially mm -hmm. some of the older folk like myself mm -hmm. One thing about the K car, like the NYPD cars, I don't know what it is. The seat backs would always break. You know, people are getting in and out of them a hundred times a night, and probably one of the most um, ubiquitous things you would see is a milk crate in back of the driver's seat or in back of the passenger seat. That that was like you know, you really knew you had arrived when you're in a police car with a milk crate. <laughs> um, that was pretty standard. But the K cars in the K cars. Those things were filling up with milk crates left and right, and um, mm. doors would fall off. And especially if you had big guys or heavy set guys, this thing would be riding an inch off the ground. Mm. They were the first vehicles to really go uh, with front wheel drive, uh, like one of the first mass produced cars in the United States. We found out very quickly 
not a good idea for for a police vehicle. Not a lot of pickup in these things. Well, just hitting curbs and you know potholes and stuff. These things broke down really quick. Oh, I see. Okay, I don't. I really don't know anything about front wheel drive versus rear wheel. I know four wheel drive. That's a good thing if you're trying to drive on some some terrain or something. But I mean, so for front wheel drive, you're saying you end up uh, less control or something. Well, you have vehicles now that. Front wheel drive was still pretty new at that time. Oh, okay. And this, this is in the seventies, then. Uh, early eighties, okay. and, and this was supposed to be like you know the wave of the future, and it wasn't. Uh, we were just coming out of the oil embargoes, so everybody was very keen on you know, very efficient vehicles and stuff. Like driving fifty-five miles per hour, and uh... there is nothing more inefficient than a police car that drives around at a low rate of speed, twenty-four hours a day. They burn a lot of gas. Mm-hmm. They burn a lot of oil. That's just the way it is. It's the nature of the beast. Uh, these are not highway miles we were putting on those cars. These are city miles. Yeah. Especially considering the condition of the roads in New York City at the time. Not good, huh? No. Horrible. Horrible. Well, I have been embarrassed taking uh, like a cab or whatever from the airport and going through some of these. Fucking, I mean, I say embarrassed. The cab driver knows the deal with some of these potholes. You know, I'm talking about like up on, uh, it seems like 60th Street and around there. Some of those streets are just like... Fucked up, you know. It's bad, and and yeah, it is bad. And but I was thinking, when we have visiting people from other, you know, even from China or whatever, where I supposedly You'll, a lot uh, of this stuff's a lot better now. Well, what they would do, um, especially around the UN, you know, you always see it every year when the UN was still being held in person. A lot of road paving going on. Yeah, uh, around Midtown, around the UN. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, right. Because it's fucking, you know, it, you don't want that. It's embarrassing. You know, the rest of the city can piss off, but yeah, right. at least we look good for the world. Anyway, point being, I I never had a K car, but I think that I don't recall them being like an attractive vehicle. I had once a Chevrolet Caprice, great classic. Car. Yeah, now that was used in our, my, the town that I lived in at the time by an arson inspector, and uh, sold. And then resold to me, but but it was uh, it had been maintained very well. It had been you know oil changes were all there. It didn't have the it had never had the because it was an arson inspector. It didn't have the fucking you know yeah. uh, in the back seat the the cage. It didn't have any where the cage used to be. It was a very nice car. No air conditioning. We we started with the cage cars back in the late nineties, and the first thing you realize is that you cannot move the seat. You didn't have a cage prior no, to that? No, there were very few cage cars floating around. Really? That became a thing in the late 90s. Huh. I can't imagine that. You had no barrier between you and whoever you were transporting at sometimes? No, but, you know, rank has its privileges, and I was a sergeant at the time, and oh. uh, the guy that maintained our cars, I says, hmm, we've got a brand new car, and I said it would be terrible if this plexiglass monster fell out of the car. And uh, it fell out the next day. Um, he just opened up the door, and the thing literally jumped out of the back of the car. Mm-hmm. And oh, this was in the sergeant's vehicle. Not it's funny how it came loose all of a sudden like it that. fell right out. And mm. it was stored because when these vehicles have to go in, they have to be serviced every 4,000 miles, we put the thing back in. Because if you returned the car without the cage, there would be hell to pay. Mm-hmm. But it was only four bolts holding it in. The... Majority of the fleet, though, had these cages in them, and uh, it, it's... Oh, at that time when the K-cars came out, they became... Oh, no, no, there were no cages back then. The only K-car that had a cage was the one that they used for the canines. Um, there was one that they had, but that was strictly for the dog in the back, not for prisoners. Like a kennel car. 
Yeah, kennel cough. Because the dog might jump up and fucking take control of your vehicle. Uh, yes. You don't want that. No. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I fully understood about the plexiglass falling out of the. Well, that was the 90s thing. It was just, I, you know, myself, I, we got a new car. It was assigned as the supervisor's vehicle. And, and I had all the goodies put in. I liked having a computer in the car. Oh, yeah. Um, I liked having a citywide radio so I could monitor all the frequencies and know what's going on around me. A lot of people didn't like that. California stuff. mission. Myself and my partner at the time, Joe T. Uh, we were hunters. We were out there every night. We paid attention to what went on in the precincts around us. Uh, if there was something happening in Queens and when they were coming across the river, we knew about it. I liked having all the gizmos and all the toys. You're on the ball. Yes, yes. Um, that was my office, eight hours a day. I made sure the car was cleaned. Woe to you if I got in that car at midnight and there was garbage in that car. Um, I took better care of that car and I took care of my own car. Like I said, the cage, generally you're not transporting prisoners in the sergeant's vehicle. It's good that you can keep separated from prisoners because they tend to spit and kick and do bad things. Mm. Downside is, is you can't see out the back and it impairs your vision. Yes. Um, you know, they're clear there's plexiglass. A, there's but, a glare and everything. Yeah. And you just cannot straighten up. It's covered with spit. <laughs> yeah, it gets nasty. But most of the vehicles, they, they were pretty top-heavy on cages at that time. Uh-huh. I think they've since gotten away from that. Um, what do you mean? They, they don't do it anymore? They have cage cars, but not every car now is equipped with it. Uh, we were talking about the woman's remains at Kerber. She was found out. Uh, her name was 40-year-old Brenda Kerber, which I guess now she's uh, 71 or so. Uh, <laughs> if you Actually, count, if you count be, her dead years She'd be 80 Oh right, yes It was, was a long time ago 38, 39 years ago 39 years ago Wait, whoa, no, 89 was uh, 30 oh, years ago, right? I'm sorry, I'm sorry yeah. you, you you go 10 years up My girlfriend now, always you know goes 10 is? years less I, I forgot, she was found in a 1982 station wagon 82 station wagon And she disappeared in 89 So you, that's what you were thinking The 82, uh, the wagon was a Granada and God knows what a fine vehicle that was, but uh, I, I've never driven one, always wanted to. Uh, <laughs> you want to get behind the wheel just once. She was a mother of two, and she had recently gone through a second divorce. She was described by friends as distraught over the split, according to Low Hud. Well, uh, you know, they haven't confirmed, by the way, for sure, that this is Kerber's case. So just so you know, she was an Oregon native, and uh, she became obsessed with uh, Frederick Lenz, uh, Frederick P. Lenz III and his pathway to enlightenment teachings and moved to New York to be closer to him. Moving closer to behind, clo- yeah, moving to be closer to your spiritual guru, I think, is sort of a red flag and not a good sign. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, spirituality, religion, anything, but when you move to be closer to the guy... It just seems as if you're, you know, that, that's not a good way to go. Especially 3,000 miles. Christ from Oregon. That's, that is right. Damn. He, now, now, he was from the West Coast as well and moved to Stanford. You know, uh, he was born in 1950 in San Diego and they moved to uh, uh, Stanford at some point at the age of three. His dad actually became the mayor of Stanford. So I guess he had some charisma. His mother was a housewife and a student of astrology, so she was a dingbat. (laughs) (laughs) So he spent a short period of incarceration in a work camp near San Diego for possession of marijuana. After that, he goes to Kathmandu, and he talks to a monk there, a Tibetan monk who tells him that he will help tens of millions with his with you know by carrying the teachings there. He did something called um, American Buddhism. 
and the core teaching. So it's like the Big Mac of, of Eastern religion, I guess, focused on the practice of meditation, mindfulness, the enlightenment of women. So that makes it probably a sex cult, I'm thinking. Hey, now. <laughs> Suck on this and you will see, you will see enlightenment. You will, <laughs> you will know all. <laughs> Living and working in the world as a Buddhist practice. So yeah, you, female enlightenment. Enlightenment is a timeless void, it says. This is in quotes. Following are quotes taken from the public talks he gave in the 80s and 90s. Enlightenment is a timeless void, as is the vagina. Uh, it's an emptiness that's filled with the most excellent light. And that light is suffused through every part of your being. It is your being. There's no sense of separation between yourself and the light. Yeah, I have a description of that. That's a word salad of bullshit. That's enlightenment. Timeless stillness perfection. Only a pure heart, a completely pure heart, can house eternity. Your heart has to be absolutely pure. You only want that which is absolutely good. You have to live in goodness all the time and nothing else can matter. There can be no thought of self, no apartheid in the inner world. I, I would last about three minutes listening to this guy. Mm, I think I'm already up to about a minute 45, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back <coughs> off just a little bit. I think I tried your patience listing all of uh, Jennifer Lopez's movies. <laughs> I was listening to that as I edited it. Going, I am really annoying P right now. You kept saying, I don't care about these people. <laughs> Those are some terrible movies. Uh, but he was a record producer as well. He produced uh, the rock band Zazen, and uh, Zazen produced 31 albums in 13 years. Yeah, I, I like the second album, not the third. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Me neither, and apparently Wikipedia's never heard of them. They are. Uh... If you did 31 albums and you don't have a Wikipedia page, you're a loser. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, there's a page here for them, but there's no article. Yeah. Skin craft record. Okay, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, this is apparently a very... Uh, prolific and very unpopular musical act <laughs> that he uh, that he produced. Oh my god! I mean, that's seriously, that's a lot of fucking that, records. That's like the Backstreet Boys of Buddhism. I mean, I, I really don't know. That's I mean, with the exception that no one liked it. Do you know when I go home tonight, I'm gonna have to look them up and see if we can actually find anything. I mean, if if it's not in Wikipedia, you gotta press probably not on iTunes when you browse for it either. But you know what? Maybe on YouTube, there's gonna some kind of surviving thing that would be interesting. I would that. hope not, but why yeah. wait till you go home, Pete? I mean, why why would we even? <laughs> we are five keystrokes away from finding out if there's anything here from enlightenment. Five keystrokes from enlightenment. <laughs> That is playing on the correct speed, by the way. That's a different band, I think. That's because uh, this is from 2018. Apparently, there's a band called Zazen Boys. That is, uh, I mean, they have like what over a million views, and uh, that's nine of them. That's, Can I, I guess, give you my yeah, yeah, official critics' view on this? I, I would love to have it. Yeah, they suck too. <laughs> <laughs> that's I wonder, noise. That's all that is is fucking noise. Why bad Zazen is the best Zazen. I've never heard of Zazen. It's probably Zazen. I'm probably saying it wrong. Hiya, friends and neighbors. The other day in the comments section of this YouTube channel, someone asked me if I would do a video about how to do Zazen. Zazen? Now I know. Uh, all right, then. Well, we've deviated enough. Uh, Lenz was also the author of Surfing the Himalayas and Snowboarding to Nirvana. So I guess he gets... <laughs> That's some deep... <laughs> shit there he's like an x-games buddhist uh he developed a cult following until his death in 1998 by apparent suicide boy you know and 
it, when enlightenment is accompanied by suicide, you know, maybe this is not the religion for me. Maybe he had the realization that Zazen sucks. He required it's it's Zazen, okay? Pardon, pardon moi. <laughs> let's let's snowboard to it. Uh, you know, I, 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 who would have thought it would be at the bottom of the hill, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's down there by the snack bar and the chairlift. He taught uh, enlightenment. He required followers to pay a thousand dollars a month for his lectures. Oh, I see. It's hard to finance all that, all those uh, snow uh, sports. I guess you know all those. All, you got to buy your boogie boards and everything, uh, and and snowboards. She got involved with this religious group. This is a quote coming from her father. And you know how he felt about it. This is James Barrett. He says, uh, yeah, they, she got involved with the religious group. The first thing that they put across was to separate from their parents or their loved ones. Oh, yeah. God, it's like Moonies or something. Yeah, it's She's brainwashed. Yeah, told reporters. Uh, that's what he said after her disappearance. I think he's an entrepreneur rather than a follower of God. Very much so. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they've both uh, died since her, her parents. Now the car... And the, the quote comes from back when she disappeared. So I wonder if they thought that she had uh, run off with, you know, the cult or something. I don't know. I'm sure that was foremost in their minds for many years. If somebody is likely to have run off or something, do they? Did they? Does this? Does that affect the search? It, it's going to influence it. It's going to be, you know, a thought that's going to. For the people that are investigating it, yeah. They want us to look, but, I mean, we think she just flew the coop, so we're going to do our best. You, you just don't know. I'm sure they're going to perform an autopsy on what's left of the body, and <clears throat> you're not going to have much left in the way of flesh and body organs, but bones can tell a story. Really? Oh, okay. um, you know, is it possible? You need a paleontologist or whatever? You know, what do you call yeah, those? Well, ones? after 38 years, that's probably what you're going to need. Um you know, is there a bullet wound that they discover in the head? Or uh, that's leaning towards the dramatic. Pretty good shot. She made a wrong turn. Yeah, and drove into the damn reservoir. In or, which case, maybe a couple of broken ribs uh, from hitting the steering wheel or something. Wheel column. It could be. It could also be a suicide. Could be. I mean, some people will commit suicide in the weirdest ways. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I'm not familiar with the area. I'm not familiar with the road. What's that? You don't know the road by the Muscoot Reservoir? No. I've never even heard of the Muscoot Reservoir. That was but... an old song that my dad used to sing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, one thing about the reservoirs, a lot of them are not easy to get into. Um, they're fenced. They're patrolled. Uh, who knows what happened? Okay. Was it part of the New York City water supply at that time, you think? Well, if it is, they actually... Well, a reservoir is a reservoir, I guess. Yeah, but like I said, a lot of them are limited access. Yeah. Um, even prior to 9-11, when it became a major uh, security threat. Yeah. But going back over the years, there's people that patrol these things, and uh, there's actually a New York City um, watershed police or reservoir police. One time was part of the New York City Police Department. Interesting. Well, uh, th this was found during an inspection by the Department of, of Environmental Protection. Yeah, that we, they still have some type of agency up there. It's no longer part of the NYPD, but the DEP is in charge of, you know, checking these things, checking the water. Seeing if there's any cars in there. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm surprised somebody didn't find it sooner. I, 
you know, we're, we're kind of lacking in specifics as to where they exactly found this thing. The Muscoot Reservoir. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but it was a close to inshore. Sometimes these cars can drift out a bit, you know. If it's close to shore, you know, because I know some people fish in these things and lines are going to get caught. Some people actually dive in them. Oh. Um, really? Yes. See if they find whatever, right? Were they diving looking for well, stuff or well, just for fun? If you're out there diving looking for an 82 Granada, um, <laughs> you just don't know what kind of treasure you're going to come up with. No, you don't. Could um, be... Could could be wonderful. Could be, well, a, could be a, a decomposed body. And I always go to my historical roots. Back at that time, there were cars in every river, every lake, every pond in New York City, upstate, because people would just dump their cars for the insurance money. I see. Not a bad way to go, right? Sort of like Jewish well, lightning, it, except it's, it's like one, a flood. It's one thing if you dump your car. It's when you dump your car and you're in it, uh, then it becomes a problem. So, Oh, I see. You mean that's... Yeah, they would actually take that kind of risk. Yeah, in order to get their car totals. Sure. Wow, I thought I thought they would report it stolen or something. No, I don't they, know where the would, fuck it went. So. They would drive these things off of piers. They would, you know, some places around New York. It's it's not that hard to access. Um, you know, the waterfront areas. We could drive the damn thing right into the water. Yeah. Huh. Not smart. Not smart at all. I think that's a terrible idea, getting rid of your car like that. So, all right, well, that's enough about the human remains that, we, that were discovered, I suppose, unless uh, I, I think that this guy, now, Frederick P. Lentz does have a Wikipedia page, and I was reading up about him just a little bit. There's nothing too uh, goddamn interesting about him, except, he's, you know, he's no, he had a great line of shit. As advertised, yeah. A small number of Lentz's students became involved with several cult watchdog groups, including uh, the CAN, which stands for Cult Awareness Network, and deprogrammers. Uh, oh yeah, they were you know um, watchdog groups, including uh, you know uh, the CAN and deprogrammers. So the CAN is uh, a cult awareness network. And so maybe if you know somebody who's in a cult, uh, you know like the Moonies or the Democrats, uh, then uh, you know you might uh, give them a call, reach out. Uh, Joe uh, Joe Zimzart, he's accused of kidnapping and imprisoning. Several of uh, Lenz's followers. So I guess he really was, um, he really meant business as a deprogrammer. Uh, she drowned in the bay next to his home on April 12, 1998. Boy, they have really, uh, Lenz drowned in the bay next to his home. How about that? Maybe that was the uh, preferred method of suicide by, uh, I mean, is that strange? I mean, we're not privy to all the facts. I mean, how do they know it's a suicide? And an apparent suicide. Provided there's no other means to hold you underwater. Suicide by drowning is very tough, especially if you know how to swim. Um, your oh, you body, mean tough to pull off, you mean? Yeah, your body is going to fight. It, 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 it's a natural instinct that you cannot override. Your body is going to fight to survive. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, whether you want to die or not, you exactly. can't will it to not. If you have 100 pounds of weight tied around to your neck, then it's a different story. I see. So maybe this apparent suicide was, was not such an apparent suicide. Or... I mean, if it was a high bridge that you drive off of or something, or somehow drive off of a high, high, you know, then you could go, there's no way I'll be conscious. Maybe they should look at the Audubon Society. <laughs> this whole thing might be for the birds. <laughs> there's a man who truly loves wildlife. I mean, the guy died, and apparently he did very well with Buddhism. I mean, he's a rich-ass Buddhist. Well, I guess a thousand bucks a month per person, yeah, you're going to do well. That's what makes it an, him an American Buddhist, I guess. You know who made a lot of money was that guy who does the hot yoga, whoever invented that. 
I forget his name. Bikram, I guess was his name. Or, yes. Or whoever invented Bikram. Yeah, I'll go if his name was Bikram. But uh, yeah, that guy. What a fucking shyster. <laughs> <laughs> and he would put these people through the fucking, through their paces. My, I had a girl that used to do that hot yoga, and I'm like, I don't trust anybody in that fucking yoga class. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Least of all the instructors. They're all obsessed with sex. I don't get it, but it's, then again, I was never a big yoga guy. Yeah, It was recommended to me. That was your generation, though, that kind of made it big. Yeah. I mean, you and I are closer to the same age. <laughs> <laughs> it was more the... <laughs> I'm not used to being this old. And it was uh, the, the ones in the 60s, I guess. You know, like the fucking... And that when it started to get big, the sixties. Yeah, I mean, I, I've people say it has very positive effects, and God bless them, go for it. She got so pissed off that I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it either. She suggested it so strongly, it would have settled a huge argument if I would have done it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Just not going to do that. Just not. It's just not for me. I can tell you right now, it's not for me. I know the things that are for me and what aren't. At a certain point, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's some things you might, oh, try it, you like it, okay. But that, no. Yeah, you know, people. I tried meditation one time. Within about four minutes, I was sound asleep. And, um, you know, I'm just not, I guess I'm not enlightened. I don't know. I don't know. You may be closer to enlightenment than you realize, but uh, you, know, you, you the enlightenment, the light is a void, okay? <laughs> Let me explain how this works. A man with a knife bit a woman on the hip as he tried to rape her. Uh, you know what kind of rape that was? The harrowing incident unfolded Friday evening in Queens. A victim was walking. Uh, past, uh, walking past along 92nd Street in Woodhaven. Woodhaven, Queens. I'm trying to, where's Woodhaven? You go straight out Woodhaven Boulevard until you hit Woodhaven. Let's pretend and, I don't have an automobile. Um, you can't get there from here. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I can't take the seven. You would have to take, I think it's the, I forget, I don't know if it's the A train. It. It takes you about. A train doesn't go to unless you're yeah, all the way them, down and up, right? That's the yeah. one I'm talking about. It probably takes about nine hours to get there by subway. Yeah, it's a very scenic route. It, it's nice, especially if you get on the one that goes out to the Rockaways. You're talking about on the, by road by car. It's on scenic. the subway train. Once you come above ground on the other side. Yeah, that's if well, if you survive Brooklyn, but once you yeah. get out to Queens. Um, it cuts over then. It goes south past Kennedy Airport. All the oh, ways, okay. Takes you all the ways out to Rockapulco. Yes, Rockapulco, Rockaway Beach. It's not hard. It's I, well, it's not I think far. the one that in Woodhaven ends at Jamaica Avenue and 169th Street. Yeah, and there's a guy who knows his trains. Uh, the harrowing incident unfolded, as I said, Friday evening. When the, and this woman's going to end up getting her hip bitten in the story. So hang in there. The man approached from behind. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> Pushing the woman to the ground and flashing a knife as he got on top of her and stole five dollars. Wow. This guy had, he wanted the He's covering all the bases. Yeah, he's like, yeah, give me your $5 now. He, he covered the victim's mouth. Uh, he warned her not to scream. He began to pull down her pants, at which point he bit her on her exposed left hip. Ah, God. What a fucking dickhead move. Well. Biting I mean, her on the hip. She's not into that. You don't know if she's into that. Did he go further into that, or did, did he just bite her and leave? He covered the victim's mouth. I said, a good Samaritan interrupted the attack, which, you know, the suspect ran south on 92nd Street. You know what's funny is how many times somebody comes and interrupts a crime, somebody does something to help somebody, and they're from Samaria. I mean, it's just... <laughs> so they, they, those are some good people, for sure, because they're interrupting all kinds of well, stuff. Well, it's a 
biblical term that's been around for two thousand years. Yeah, and that uh, shows that New York is 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 lucky to have such diversity, you know. And uh, there's little Samaria, you know, and the Samarian. Those dude. guys are always trying to help. They're always well, trying to help. We need more Samarians. We do. Uh, the good, the the shaken woman, uh, who suffered a bite wound, was taken to Jamaica Hospital in stable condition. A bite wound means uh, the skin was broken, perhaps. Yeah, bite wounds are actually bad. Yeah, um, you can a, get all a sorts man's of... mouth is very a person's mouth, let alone, let alone rapist. A lot of germs. Yeah, you can get a bad infection, and you can uh, a lot of bad things can happen. Assuming he's not even that's assuming he's not rabid for Christ's sake, you know, which he could be. A rabid rapist is fucking. You don't want to get bit, but that's the last person you want to yeah, get bit. Yeah, but you know by. who to find. That's the guy who'll be foaming at the mouth. Right. Yeah. And plus, there's DNA evidence too, right? Would they be able to pull any yes, DNA off will. of that? Okay. They will. I'm sure they swab the area. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know why I said that so luridly. <laughs> swab. Well, you have to. Um, <laughs> that's part of the job. You, you know what? And most people would look at you like you like you're crazy and. You know, DNA is a uh, a wonderful tool, and oh, yeah. something like that is going to leave a fair amount of DNA on this woman's body. Mm. Yeah, um, and and maybe in other places as well. I would say pretty good uh, shot. Maybe under the fingernails. Uh, yes, yes, but I'd say it's a pretty good shot that this guy is going to be in our database. Is it possible to pull DNA out of the back of someone's throat? Sure. Really? So if you get raped in that way, you should go and say there's DNA. Oh, they will swab your mouth. They will. Oh, yes. The back of your throat? No, they won't go into the back of your throat, but they will do uh, mouth swabs. Mm, I did not know that they were able to do that. I'll have to... uh, Well, never mind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, uh, cover the victim's mouth, warned her not to scream. So, okay. The shaken woman uh, was taken to the hospital, as I said. Now, the NYPD is asking for the public's assistance to identify the attacker. He's believed to be about 30 years old with a medium build, black hair, last seen wearing a black leather jacket, black shirt, black pants, black shoes, carrying a black backpack. Well, that kind of, you know, look for a guy. (laughs) Look for a guy. (laughs) Dressed in black. Look for a guy. Oh, shit. Police are, are looking for a man who attempted to rape a woman at knife point. So they are looking for for him. Uh, anyone with information regarding this incident, ask to call NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS. That's 1-800-577-TIPS. They're not going to get a lot of tips on this one. All calls are strictly confidential, though, Pete. So don't worry. They're not going to like be asking for your name and shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. This is that, these kind of guys tend to operate... By themselves, Lone not telling style. anybody well, what yeah. they're doing. Uh, yeah, I gotta go rape a woman. I'll be back and. It's not like you're gonna be sitting in the bar afterwards saying, "Yeah, I robbed this woman and bit her on the ass." Yeah, uh, bit her right on the fucking hip, and then a good fucking Samaritan comes by. So this guy from Samaria came by and ruined my party. Now he's the guy I talk to, you know. Well, hopefully he can provide. A, well, it sounds like he provided a uh, dressed in black description um he'd be a perfect accomplice wouldn't he in a ramp like if you can get a, a good samaritan to come along and chase you off i would be, and give an invalid description to the cops uh, well i tell you what i do appreciate the fact that he did the right thing save this woman and you know oh that's just i would yeah, appreciate it more if he'd picking up a pipe or a bottle and uh slammed it over his head you know could 
make it a little bit easier to track this guy down. Maybe the guy just like uh, saw him coming, you know what I mean, and ran off, or uh, you know, or maybe he did come up and just shoot, 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 you know. <laughs> maybe we're, that's all he had to do. Uh, he did, apparently, the guy didn't attack back or anything. I mean, like if uh, so, what do you think? I mean, I guess it could have gone down like that. Yeah, it'd be better if you mean if he took his time, sneaked up, got a weapon. But yeah. then you let the guy progress his attack a little bit well, more. Well, you wouldn't want him to go any further, but, like, you know, if he broke a bottle and stuck it into the guy's jugular vein, I would, wouldn't be too upset with it. You know who would? The goddamn mayor. You the know, mayor would be upset with that. You'd, you'd have the, uh, the, what do they call it, the Human Rights Commission of New York City on your back. Like, you didn't know anything. Why did you just assume this? If it was a racially charged thing... Yeah, there seems, be to be, an issue. seems to be none of that coming out of this incident. No, uh, there seems not to be. 